You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentaries Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. Brand new week, Monday the 7th of February. It's cold and breezy, but bright here in TW11 this morning. And I'm back in England after a pulsating weekend's entertainment in Dublin. David Yates is with me this morning. He is still there in Dublin 4, reflecting on all the delights of the DRF. Dave, if you are the person in possession of the best raw materials in this game, and you happen also to be the finest craftsman, then the results are almost inevitable. And that surely was the case with Willie Mullins. 30 winners now from 75 uh, Dublin Racing Festival races in the six years that it's existed. Six grade ones this weekend out of an available eight. Is there anything that can stop this juggernaut? No, I mean, as you say, six this weekend. Willie Mullins missed out on the two feature races, one, of course, by Conflated and Honeysuckle, but there were seven in all. And in addition to the six, uh, there was Facil Vega, Quavega's son, who won the concluding bumper on Saturday. And when asked which of the septet uh, he was most impressed by, Mullins said, well, not one of the six grade one wins, but Facil Vega, who proved himself a better horse than even he thought that he was. So, as you say, it's it's pretty grim reading, really, for most of the training fraternity in Ireland when so many of the good horses and so many of the big prizes are in such a small number of hands. I know I've bang, banged on about that uh, before on the NLD, but as you say, it's a monumental achievement by the trainer himself. And having said that, to what extent do you think it actually, that sort of domination actually impinges on the enjoyment of the people who went to the Dublin Racing Festival or indeed watched it on television? Certainly the mood was high when I got on the plane last night. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And if I come across as a bit of a party pooper, then I apologise. Because there's no doubt that over the two days of the DRF, the mood among the racegoers and punters was, was as you say, extremely buoyant. Uh, they were denied the opportunity to go last year. And then, of course, over Christmas, Leopardstown's festival was also uh, run behind closed doors and so this was an opportunity for everybody to get back uh, both Irish and of course there were lots of British race goers who'd come to see the two days as well so in, in, in answer to your question I don't think that did uh, dampen the mood the fact that it, it was a, once again uh, the Willie Mullins show I think most people just sat back and uh, enjoyed watching a master at work uh, looking at it in the round if you like the, the dominance of any one party in any one sport um, is a bad thing long term but it was a great couple of uh, days as I say I, I've always enjoyed I've only missed last year's Dublin Racing Festival I think it's a, a an excellent meeting and obviously it threw up some uh, performances that have great relevance for Cheltenham in the middle of next month. Uh, which do you think was the most relevant performance? Which struck you the most? <laughs> which of the Mullins ones? Obviously, as, as he pointed out himself, uh, Facil Vega. One of the problems we have with uh, three of the horses that uh, won for Willie Mullins, Minella Kakuna, um, 
Galapin Deschamps and Sagerhard is that I think there's a measure of uncertainty as to which races they're going to go for at Cheltenham. Uh, the invention a few years ago of the two-and-a-half-mile novices chase, the Turner's novices chase, and prior to that, uh, the three-mile novices hurdle, the Albert Bartlett novices hurdle, gives connections more choices, and so they're reluctant and less able uh, to commit to one. Um, I thought that uh, Vauban was the most impressive, probably, uh, of, the, of the grade one winners. He, he paid uh, a compliment to Pied Piper, who had beaten him at Punchestown uh, on his previous start. I, I thought of, the, of all the performances, you, you've asked me which one struck me the most. I, I thought the most interesting one, and I say this because of what Willie Mullins said afterwards, was, was Chacun Poursois in the Dublin chase yesterday. And there are a couple of reasons for that. First of all, um, inevitably, he was asked the question about the relative merits of Chacun Poursois and Energumen. And... He said of Chacun Poursois, I would have put this fella in a different league. And then he qualified it slightly by saying before his defeats. But he said, for whatever reason, Chacun Poursois doesn't seem to bring his A game uh, mm. to England. When he gets on the ferry, uh, something seems to go wrong. But given that, obviously, we've, it's only a couple of weeks since that wonderful race between Shishkin and uh, Energimen at Ascot, and... Energumen is, is, is very much seen as, as the big threat uh, to, to Shishkin getting his hands on the Queen Mother Champion Chase when we have the rematch on March the 16th. It was interesting that Chacun Poursois, who is, I think, double the odds of Energumen, should be seen as the, imper yes. as, as the superior horse in the eyes of his trainer. But what was, again, more interesting was when Mullins was asked, well, what can you do about this horse bringing his A-game to Cheltenham? Remember, he was beaten in the champion chase last March and uh, was a, a real no-show in the Tingle Creek at Sandown three weeks before Christmas. Um, Willie Mullins said, well, my plan is, I, I believe that the travelling takes too much out of this horse. Um, and so what I'm going to do is leave him essentially short of work in the hope that the ferry takes uh, plenty out of him. And so that when we get to Cheltenham on March the 16th, he will be at zero rather than yeah. minus one, if yeah, you see what I mean. He, so, he said that in a, in, a, in a sort of slightly different way to me. He said he, said he feels that he's best now when he's not quite, when, when the screws aren't all tightened, so that he just needs to leave that little bit of freshness on him. And he said yeah. he done that yesterday. So he's going to have to train him differently into Chelsea. And I found that fascinating. I thought, this guy, that, this is why this guy is a master of his craft. And that's what Paul Townend said. He's always thinking of just getting a little edge here, little edge there. And Townend himself, of course, wouldn't be drawn as to which one he was going to ride. It's a furiously hard choice if they both get their fit, I think. When you listen to Willie Mullins expand, which he doesn't always do, but when he does, it's incredibly um, interesting to listen to. It's the, the idea that... Um, a horse like Chacun Poursois, that he will deliberately leave him short of fitness when he leaves Clausutton, and that will leave Chacun Poursois at concert pitch rather than overdone, uh, to mix my metaphors, uh, for the, uh, the Queen Mother Champion chase, mm. is really interesting. And if that comes off, then 
whatever happens in the other 27 races over the four days at Cheltenham Festival, that will be my highlight because, as you say, that will be uh, proof positive and, and the, the, the true emblem of why Willie Mullins has, has reached the, the summit of, of his profession. Yeah, very well expressed. I want to touch on that with reference or through the prism of Sir Gerhard as well. I mean, a brilliantly impressive performance, notwithstanding a couple of quite bad jumping errors. And the fact that he was able to run a time of, I think, 4.02 on that quite soft ground by then, you know, quicker than Honeysuckle, way quicker than the handicap hurdle that had a million runners on the same card, way quicker than last year's time, though that's academic. That has a performance of pure power. And the fact that the trainer was dissecting it quite negatively afterwards and pointing out all the flaws and shortcomings just went to show how dominant he was. The fact that, you know, you can see the disappointments in a grade one winning performance. Sure. But, but once again, I mean, what, what defines the top practitioners in any art or any sport is their self-critical mechanism, isn't it? You know, you, you, you and I have uh, loved ones who are professional musicians and we know that the, that the people who go out and perform and think they're great, whatever happens, they end up not being particularly good. It's the ones who go out and, and really wow the crowd and then come back and say, yeah, I didn't like the way I did that. I got that wrong. I can improve on that. They're the ones who, they're the ones who reach the peaks. It's the same in sport, isn't it? It's the same in horse racing. Willie Mullins sees Sir Gerhard, who, you know, I think most of us thought there were some pretty novice leaps uh, in that performance. But the fact that he doesn't say, yes, that was wonderful, you know, brilliant, we'll just go to Cheltenham and win. That, that's what defines a champion, isn't it? The fact that he can look at the details, he can look at the, the minutiae and say, right, that needs improving, that needs polishing, that can be bettered, and then we will go to Cheltenham and hopefully, if we, if we manage to right those little wrongs, uh, we'll have a horse who can win a race there. And, and there's some quite interesting differences of opinions between he and the jockeys about which races these horses were going into. To come to your original point, Manella Kakuna, uh, Danny Mullins said, you could go up or back in trip, but he's got quite a lot of speed. Willie Mullins said, oh no, we'll definitely go up in trip. Galapin Deschamps, you sensed that Mullins was edging towards the three-mile race at Cheltenham, whilst the jockey was saying I'd leave him at 2.4 or 2.5 or whatever it is. And Sir Gerhard... He really did want to keep his options open right to the last minute, presumably to weigh up the opposition, thinking he could be equally effective in either race. I think that's where we stand with those three in terms of what he's thinking. Whilst it's frustrating for a journalist when you ask a, a trainer uh, what race you're going to go for, of course it's frustrating when they turn around and say, I don't know, because you know then that denies you a, a, a sharp intro into into the, the report that you're uh, writing about that particular race. Seeing it from the other side of the fence, of course, it's a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Uh, the races will run on the uh, 5th and 6th of February. The Cheltenham Festival takes place between the 15th and the 18th of March. And so uh, talking to somebody minutes after uh, the horse has crossed the winning line, uh, it, it's perhaps unreasonable to, to ask of them a... a a definitive target but and also of course if they do say right we're going to for, for this race definitely and then of course in 
the, say, 48 hours before uh, the big day, they announced that, um, well, in fact, we've decided to switch races. Then, of course, uh, you get pelters and you get accusations that you've deliberately uh, misled the betting public. So, um, yeah, the, the, certainly the, the other two horses, Sir Gerhard and Galapin des Champs, it seems that there is still an element of doubt. I, I'll, um, I'm, I'm happy to go with you that, uh, that Minella Kakuna will go up to three. But, uh, yeah, as they say, nice problems to have. Well, I want to move away briefly from the Willie Mullins domination and touch upon the signature race of the, the weekend, which is the Irish Gold Cup. That went to, to Gordon Elliott, uh, coming back, 18-1 to 1 conflated return. He wasn't unbacked, he'd been tipped in places. Eddie O'Leary, brother of Jigginstown House stud owner Michael, joins me now. Uh, Eddie, that's thrown a spanner in the works. I mean, to what extent was that a, a massive shock to, to you and your team? Uh, we always knew he was a nice horse, but he, but, but he had a big he, he had a big a big fence jump to go up a rating of one five seven to annoy to annoy Gold Cup horses. And he did, he, he didn't just win; he he actually won really decisively. Could you quite believe what you were seeing? I could because he was in a wonderful rhythm the whole way around with Davy, and it kind of helped to have to have um, um, Frodo on as a pace horse, I, mean, I, I don't mean to bad sense, but I, to have the likes of him putting, putting proper pace into the race and, and able to follow him around at his, own, at, at his leisure, he got into a wonderful rhythm with Davy doing that. And I would think, I would, I would think, the, like, he's always been a bit, a bit, a bit of a kink. Um, he hangs left and jumps to the right, so he's a tough old horse to ride, but I think having proper pace in front of him in a very good race suited him, and we saw a different horse, I hope. So when I asked Davy to, to compare and contrast he and, and Galvin after the race, he was suitably diplomatic, as you might expect, for a man of his, his years and guile. Um, Jack Kennedy was a bit more candid. He said he thinks Conflated actually has more talent of the two horses, but just has that little quirk in him. Yeah, but, 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 is, but, yeah, but is that quirk ironed out when he has proper pace in front of him? But you'd only get that proper pace in a grade one. Exactly. Exactly. So that'll be very interesting. Yeah, his next one will be interesting. Because mm. it, 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 can we believe that performance or not? His next one, his next one will tell us more. Yeah, so you just need that confirmation. Um, I mean, are you inclined to to go gold cupwards? Is it is it a bit of a shot to nothing? It's a shot to nothing. Or would he be better off in the Ryanair and then go to better ball? Go on. What what's the thinking there? Um, would he get three two and a half in Cheltenham? Like he's he's by Yates that'll let him get it. His brother Ordinary Ward was a very good two miler. And he got he got three miles in Epsom well, but will he get the three two and a half? I'm 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 on the fence again. I, I mean isn't it that'll that that'll be up to Davy and Gordon. I mean are you are you quite happy to just stand by on that one and say, Do you know what? Do what you want to do. I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm out as far as this argument's concerned. <laughs> Without, um, Gordon, Gordon tends to get Gordon is Gordon trains the horse and Gordon <laughs> plays the horse, and that's generally we just follow along. That's all. But you're, 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 you're not a man who's short of an opinion. To be fair, no. But I, I would have thought it to be honest when, when you see him of one five seven in handicap, a yeah. lovely handicap, and he and Gordon says he's one five seven, he can't win. I said, but Rob James is one fifty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I I sort of saw you from afar a little bit over the over the course of the weekend, and it looked like you were enjoying it as much as everybody else was. Just um, give us a feeling as to how important you feel these two days were. Uh, you know, getting the crowds back in, getting the focus on on the top quality animals again. 
I think it was it was a wonderful festival. Um, I was I was very skeptical. Would they get the ground right? And in all fairness to Leopardstown, congrats, they got the ground perfectly right. The, the first day, even before the rain, the ground was lovely. So congrats, Leopardstown, they, they achieved that. Um, it was it was I would say a fantastic festival, like some mouth watering performances. And I was absolutely awestruck yesterday after Honeysuckle won. That I was in the parade ring, I looked up and it was there wasn't standing room anywhere in the balconies. There was there were thirty five deep in the parade ring. There were every balcony was standing room only to check the welcome arm key. And when you see a superstar like her and to get and to get that kind of a, a reception, it just shows that she has transgressed racing and she is she is an out and out superstar and it was wonderful to be there to, to witness that. Yeah, here, here. Um, now, all eyes will be on on your your folk hero, your own folk hero, um, Tiger Roll, who's in the in the Grand National entries. How's he coming along? What's the what's the plan at the moment? Uh, listen, the, the plan the plan has always been the cross country first, first and foremost. We'll see, we'll see what happens with, 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 with this. With, with Green, what, what Greenwood says on when the race comes out. But once again, once again, if he's too much weight, he'll, 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 he'll return. Justin. I mean, I, I realised we've we've played this record a few times before, and yeah. it's not exactly. And I don't want to play this record again, but I just want the whole thing to be properly. All right, so it's just it's the same it's the same, it's the same deal, different year, basically. Yes, same thing, but but like like it just needs to be. I see Eastland has been dropped to has has been dropped seven. But if he's been dropped seven, I, I presume we are. I presume we're the same. Uh, Michael O'Leary, their thoughts on on Tiger Roll, and before that, conflated, who certainly uh, sort of interrupted the run of predictability of the Dublin Racing Festival, uh, Yatesy. Yes, it did. I mean, I think that by my reckoning of the eight horses who uh, turned up for that race, Conflated was the only one who hadn't won a grade one race of some description. Um, he was available, I think, at 50 to one the day before uh, the uh, the Irish Gold Cup and he was 33 to one on the morning of the race. And as you say, I mean, he, you know, th- there are certain horses there that, that we don't think of a Gold Cup horses. Obviously, Kenboy, um, it, we know is a Leopardstown specialist. Frodon doesn't have an entry at Cheltenham. We do know that Minella Indo is a Cheltenham Gold Cup horse. He's a Cheltenham Gold Cup. He's the, he's the, the reigning champion. So Henry de Bromhead was, was pleased by his uh, six and a half length second in that race. Obviously, that was a vast improvement on his run when he was pulled up in the King George. And um, I, I believe that that Robbie Power, who was um, who was brought in for that ride on Saturday, will will ride in the in the Gold Cup at Cheltenham. That was what uh, Henry de Bromhead told me on Thursday. So he might keep his options open, see if Jack Kennedy is available. But that I doubt, uh, given that Gordon Elliott has got. Conflated and Galvin, uppermost in the upper po- in the uh, anti-post lists for the Cheltenham Gold Cup. If you're talking about a race that does have a one-sided look, it is the Champion Hurdle. But just, just consider uh, Honeysuckle's performance. Um, to what extent did we sort of fail to assess the actual merit of her performance yesterday by being caught up in the euphoria? And it was euphoria after the race, and understandable because she's got such a following now. Yeah, I think that's a fair point, but I also think that when a when a when a horse starts as the five to one on favourite for a race, it's pretty it, it's pretty hard to do handsprings afterwards, isn't it? I mean, you know, the betting market tells you that 
but it, it's an overwhelming probability that a five to one on favourite is going to win. So when they beat Zana here by six and a half lengths, exactly the same margin of uh, supremacy that she enjoyed in the champion herd at Cheltenham last March uh, over Sharjah, it, it's difficult to, to, you know, wow. I mean, I think that... Um, most of the book is shortened honeysuckle, but only by only by a, a whisker, really. A couple of a couple of layers left her uh, the same. But yeah, it, it was it was more about the human interest, wasn't it? It was more about the return of the crowds. Rachel Blackmore, who isn't effusive um, in post race interviews, referenced the fact that she got a huge cheer uh, going to the the start of the race. That that, that really. Uh, struck a chord with her. Of course, when she came back into the winner's enclosure, that the the, uh, the reception that she got was was thunderous, and so it, it was all about uh, the atmosphere, the reception, uh, the return of the the crowds to Leopardstown, rather than just um, picking apart the nuts and bolts of the performance. I think that's fair to say. And um, she also eclipsed um, Bueller's record, didn't she? Of um, an unbeaten career, not the longest unbeaten um, run of, of victories. We know, I think, Alti or Big, Big Bucks, and I always get confused with a few of these uh, these records. But Bueller won his first 13 races, the great dual champion hurdler. Um, Honeysuckle has now won her first 14. Um, so that obviously is, a, is an achievement itself. Henry de Brom had said afterwards just how difficult it is to get any horse to win three races, uh, three races the, the same race three times, uh, three years in succession. And it's, you know, as you say, now she is the odds-on favourite. What about, is she four to seven, something like that, two to one on? Um, to uh, to win at Cheltenham on on March the fifteenth, the, the the interesting thing there, and I think we've got to return to Willie Mullins. We have, we have. I mean, this and is the only meaningful danger, isn't it? Appreciate it. Well, it looks like it because Charger, who was beaten six and a half lengths last year, is the third favourite, and appreciate it, who hasn't raced since his yawning victory. Uh, in the Supreme Novices last year. I mean, what a what a campaign this would be for Appreciate It, who started the season as the favourite for the Arkle Challenge Trophy, then was put back to hurdles after he had a minor setback, which was announced in December. Then, if he were to go to the champion hurdle on his seasonal reappearance and win that race, even though he could conceivably have just one race um, in the season. That would be, I think, about the most remarkable campaign of any jumps horse in my yeah. lifetime. On Friday, in an admittedly fairly brief telephone conversation, uh, Willie Mullins said, I can't see a problem uh, with going to uh, Cheltenham without a prior run. To, to my knowledge, that hasn't been done before. And I, I, some, some real sages, including Rory Delaghi, who knows pretty much everything about horse racing came back to me on Twitter uh, when I was asking this question, has a horse won the champion hurdle on his or her seasonal reappearance? And he came back and said uh, that not to his knowledge, well, if, if it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. It would be some, it, it, it would be some feat that yeah. I don't know if, if appreciate it will appear between now and Cheltenham. Obviously uh, they're running out of time, but well, they've, got the, they've got the Red Mills trial at Gora, yeah. haven't they, as a possibility? Yeah, it's it's not it's not by any means 
uh, impossible. But uh, as I say, the options are thinning out now. But yeah, it, the the um, the the principal danger, at least according to the betting to honeysuckle, we haven't yet seen and seen and and in a way, I suppose that does make it interesting. Although it's it's also frustrating uh, frustrating that that we haven't seen appreciate it yet. It, it, he was it, it looked uh, from what um, one read early in the week uh, from Clasarton that um, appreciate it had worked satisfactorily and that they were happy with the idea of running. Um, in uh, at Leopardstown on Saturday, and then the horse just didn't appear among the final declarations. So, if you were a British-based trainer watching on the Dublin Racing Festival, it would only have served to intensify your fear as to what might happen at the Cheltenham Festival next month, and, and, and that was exhibited fairly starkly in the performances of the two Paul Nichols runners, Frodon and Grenatine, who were, were pretty desperate. Though, Dave, to what extent would that owe more to to stable form than anything else? Yeah, I, I think it would do. I mean, I think, you know, Grenatine is a horse who's made great strides and obviously is a, 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 a dual grade one winner now. Um, but I don't think we think of him as a superstar. When, when he met Shishkin in the Desert Orchid Chase at Kempton over Christmas, he was stumped by Shishkin and the, the, the betting told you that that was uh, the result that was expected yeah, Frodon was a um, a bit disappointing. He um, the the stable form, as you say, that's on the back of the of the the vaccinations that that they have in in January. Still, it's disappointing. I mean, Dolos managed to win at uh, Sandown on Saturday, but that was breaking uh, a bit of a losing run for the stable. So that needs to be put right. But yeah, in answer to your first uh, point, obviously, for when. When we had the, the Prestbury Cup drubbing and the fallout last year, remember that it was, what, 23-5 to Ireland over uh, the 28 races. Many of us, I, I think, you know, thought, well, that... I, I thought, well, that's probably an outlier. Let's see what happens next year. But <laughs> I'm really not so sure about that I'm now. If, it, I'd be very interested to see... Um, if there's a if there's a market or a spread on the number of Irish victories, because I'd be surprised if I, I would have thought, and I'm, this is almost off the top of my head, so apologies, but I'd have thought if they went home with fewer than twenty, I think most Irish jump racing fans would think that that was a, a little bit of a humdrum result. What do you think? That's so depressing, but I think you're absolutely spot on. Somebody asked me on the plane last night. I was sitting next to. Um, Jerry and Andy on the plane last night, and they were saying, um, oh, "How many winners do you think we've seen, Nick, over the over the weekend? How many Cheltenham winners have we seen?" And I said, "Oh, like eight or nine, maybe more." And they're like, "Really? That many are going to go on and win at Cheltenham?" I said, "Well, hang on a minute. It's not just the winners; it's all the beaten yeah. horses as well. Go dig in those twenty-five runner handicaps. There'll probably be two or three. You probably got the Coral Cup winner, the County Hurdle winner, all buried in there somewhere, and a Potemps winner somewhere knocking around. You know, there's there's all sorts of other winners apart from the obvious ones that are coming out of this weekend's competition because the level of competition and the way the races were run was so was so high octane. Absolutely, just of of one of the beaten horses, I thought dropped the anchor who came home in <laughs> fifth place behind Call Me Lyrene in the um, the the two mile handicap hurdle was was certainly an eye catcher with. Uh, regards to the Cheltenham Festival, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, as I say, I, I think I don't know if if 
if they were um, a, a spread, I, I, I think I'd probably go 20 and a half, 21 and a half. I mean, because of everything that was going on over the weekend in Ireland, you know, it was easy to, to miss what was just a remarkable treble Saturday afternoon. All three more brothers riding winners for their father, Gary. Um, Mum Jane was watching on and, and joins me now. Jane, of all the days you've had, and you've had so many proud moments with all these, all these three, and daughter Haley, let's not forget. I mean, this must be, this must be right up there, mustn't it? Um, absolutely, yes. I, I, I did feel really proud of all of them on Saturday. For, there were just so many reasons. I mean, Goshen has something to prove. As Gary and Jamie, they've never, never lost, lost faith in him. We know how tricky he is. For Josh as well to have that, you know, his first uh, winning ride since he suffered that awful injury back in October. Um, that 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 meant a lot, and it was lovely as well that Ryan topped it off. He'd flown in straight from Maidan, had gone to he lands at Heathrow that morning, went to Lingfield and rode a winner for his dad as well. So it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and Hayley was there as well, wasn't she, uh, presenting? So that was good. Yeah, I mean, I'm absolutely brilliant. You, you just couldn't have written it. And as you say, it wasn't just the fact that they all rode winners. They were all like different layers of significance. You know, no one is yeah. ever going to forget the roller coaster ride that Jamie's been on with Goshen. And his, he was, he, the emotion after, not just that, but Lingfield, when he was just so sort of angry with the situation. I think everybody wanted them to get it right on Saturday. Oh, yeah, that's right. I mean, and you, you can't believe how many emails we had after Lingfield saying, do, do that, whatever. Thanks very much for everyone with their input, but Gary and Jamie know the horse extremely well. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's anyway, it, it, it all worked out. Saturday was a great day, and I, I, I won't ever forget that. Um. I interviewed Josh on my Sunday programme a few weeks ago and it just struck me again what a class act he is. But you know, from a mother's perspective, and we spoke about it at the time, just what he went through and not very long ago either. I know. It just didn't seem like five minutes ago. And to be honest, I was surprised he got back as quickly as... as but he feels fine. There was no reason to not to. So, fingers crossed, um, he got a bit of time to make up for his miss this last season. And, and as you say, Ryan, Ryan doesn't get the opportunity to ride for, for Gary all that much now. Was, uh, was it made fairly clear that, that this was one worth turning up for? Um, I, I think Gary thought it had a decent each-way each chance. And Ryan happened to be at Lingfield Saturday. You know, we weren't sure. And if he's available, we will always use him. It's not always available. <laughs> so so it, was, um, it was great. And I think it was his only winner on the day, wasn't it? So I'm really pleased, really pleased uh, he got one in the bag anyway. Um, and when, when Gary got home, home Saturday, could he, could he sort of like sit and reflect and sort of realise just what an, a, an amazing achievement it was? Um, yeah, um, I think he, to be honest, he, he played it right down, if you want to be honest. He was just waiting for Brighton to start playing and hoping they would win, but they didn't. They lost. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it was it, it, it was great. It, it really was. It really was great. So, And it, it sounds like you got your hands full this morning, Jane. Yeah, I have young uh, Freddie here <laughs> helping me cook Gary's breakfast. So, uh, yeah, put me back in the yard in a minute, so... Well, it's it, it's good that the uh, it's good that the the next the next generation are playing their part as well. Uh, Jane, thanks so much for chatting to me this morning. Well done. All right, thank you. Uh, Jane Moore, there. That is that's a remarkable achievement, uh, Dave Yates. Yeah, it, 
one of the more's ever done for us. And it, it was an incredible achievement by an amazing family. And what of the nominal highlight in, in Great Britain? If you are scrabbling around to find horses of seriously high calibre trained on these shores, then L'Ompresse would certainly fit that bill. And plenty of significance here from a, from a human point of view with grade one victories for Venetia Williams, her first in a long time, and a first ever grade one for, for rider Charlie Deutsch, who's, who's becoming very popular in, in many respects. L'Ompresse, as you say, uh, it was, I think it was Venetia Williams' first grade one victory for 20 years. And it was Charlie Deutsch's um, first of his career. Now, uh, you know, we know about what's happened in Charlie Deutsch's immediate past with the, the driving offence and the prison sentence that follow. But it, it will be very soon, I hope, that we won't reference that because his, the, the, the rebuilding of his career uh, in a wider sense shows Charlie Deutsch in an amazingly positive light. And I think he's, a, he's, a, he's an incredible beacon of inspiration for anybody in racing or sport or the wider world. I, I'd say he's almost the best steeplechase jockey riding in Britain at the moment. As I say, I, I've nothing but admiration for Charlie Deutsch. And I believe that this victory on L'Ompresse, it's, it's, the, it's the first grade one victory of, of his resurgent career, but I believe there'll be many more to come. And before you go, Dave, have you got a tip for me for today? Yeah, we go to Wolverhampton, the six o'clock race, and Al Amin, who makes his handicap debut today off a mark of 77, comes back to five furlongs here, and I think can win a second race from four attempts. That's the six o'clock race at Wolverhampton, number four, Al Amin. All right, Dave, thanks so much. Thank you very much for listening. What a weekend it was and what a week in prospect. That was Monday, the 7th of February. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.